You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's time for another. Woo! Wait a minute. I forgot to switch my microphone input on this episode. My fault. If I sound a little bit different, it's because I was coming through my video game headset instead of my actual podcasting microphone. So if you notice a difference in my voice, that's the reason why. Apologies to everyone listening, but that's the way it is. And Jeff W. was so angry. Afterwards, he would not let me re-record the entire episode. So I'm just going to release it as we recorded it. Now, on with the show. Oh, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've like I've got the always angry Jeff W with me. Jeff, how's it going? Up turd. <laughs> if you didn't know, Seasons Change is your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff W and I have been consuming throughout the week, whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, all of that stuff. We're gonna talk about it. And we usually do a main discussion, and then at the end, Jeff and I give our recommendations for the week. This week may or may not be a little bit different. It just depends. We're we're flying by the seat of our pants this week. We're going to see how it goes because we don't have a specific main discussion. But we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. But before we do, just want to thank everybody out there who's listening to my voice right now. You, the listener, I want to thank you. And I want to thank our boy Shaw for doing our little voiceover. We always got to thank our our girl Bree for doing the uh she did the ad for our anchor page or actually for our podcast it appears on anchor and spotify and all those things Bree did a great job she's also a voiceover artist so we got two voiceover friends shaw mm-hmm. who I've, i always link in our show notes his fiverr page and then Bree, we got to get something for her we got to link it in the show notes yeah. um, two great voice actors on the rise um always want to thank everybody for listening like i said but also want to thank anybody who's leaving us a review in Apple Podcast or in Spotify. I don't know if you know this, Jeff. Spotify introduced podcast ratings. So now I saw something about that, but I don't go to Spotify. And I know Jeff, now you you have a lot of Spotify listening history because every time I look at you on Discord, you're you're listening to Spotify. Mm-hmm. But yours is mostly music. Do you ever have you ever listened to a podcast on Spotify? Actually, there is one that you should listen to. Um, there, well, I mean, they have a few exclusives. Fuck Joe Rogan's podcast. Ah! Uh, you know, that's how you really a, feel, a, Jeff. A few different ones. Uh, the one that uh, there's a Spotify original called The Bridge. Hey. Uh, the official title is The Bridge: Fifty Years of Hip Hop. It's hosted by Nas and Miss Info, and they have various guests. They had they had Dougie Fresh on this past week. They had Bun B before him. Rev Run. MC Light, Fabulous, Jeezy, Juicy J. They have all kinds of rappers. Corday's on there in one of the early episodes. They have Nas's brother, um, where they talk about coming up together. Um, yeah, I like. Did that you tell me about this? This sounds familiar. I did. I did. Okay. You don't ever listen. You know. Yeah, I no, remember that. No biggie. But I know Jeff is a big mm-hmm. podcast guy, and he's a big Spotify guy. So he should be happy to know that you can now rate us in Spotify. Which? Why did it take this long for? ratings to come into podcasts i don't know but you can give us five stars over there if you 
if you are so kind, that will help us uh, get the word out, as well as just share us with all your friends. Let them know that Seasons Change is here. All right, Jeff, let's get right into our newest segment on the show, Comics Corner, where you and I talk about all the comics we've been listening to, or we've been reading, I should say. Um, what comics have you been reading this week, Jeff? So there's one I was reading this week, and you jumped down my throat <laughs> when I asked which one. I, oh, the one sure you got upset right about? One. Yeah, yeah. Tell the yeah, listeners. Yeah, no, no. You got you got pissed. <laughs> it was crazy. Normally you're calm, oh. but you got so angry um, about it. Um, Tell the listeners, the, Jeff. So it's not right. So Ryan Otley's the artist, but it's the yes. New Hulk book. Um, who's yes. writing it? Um, it's Dan. Dan but Donnie Dan. Cates. Donnie, that's right. Yeah. Um, now he is. What his kind of claim to fame is, is Venom. He has taken Eddie Brock and Venom and raised them up. He's raised up the mythology, created uh-huh. the whole uh, planet of symbiotes, the symbiotes being ancient, the king in black, which we should talk about that at some point. But that's Donny Cates has, has been doing a lot lately, but um, I mm-hmm. think he's going to his legacy is going to be tied to Venom. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading that and actually it looks like. Uh... The first six issues are part of this arc within this book called Smashtronaut. Um, <laughs> I guess we, we're going to go full spoiler. Should we yes. talk about that? Okay. So we'll and let's talk about it. Like, let's say somebody hasn't read it and they've never heard of it. Like, what would you tell somebody? Hey, there's a new Hulk book. Yeah. So there's a new Hulk book. Um, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and so I guess the general, I guess I'll give you the general concept is that um, because it's a little bit out there uh in mm-hmm. terms of what it's doing this is not like you know him beating somebody up or just the basic dealing uh dealing between uh banner and the hulk or whatever right, right? um so there's essentially the hulk uh or bruce banner has somehow and they haven't revealed this yet has somehow separated his consciousness uh from the hulk and has like and in and it looks in like a physical world, uh, you know, on the page has trapped the Hulk in this like it almost looks like a death arena, you know, where he yes. like spawns enemies and like right. and it's kind of a, a way for him to control the the rage and control that power. And uh he is uh he's out to get and I'm trying to remember I read all three issues last night. He basically uh Bruce is controlling the Hulk and he is uh, in the mind of this Hulk with all this like spaceship gear yes. on him, uh, which I messaged you. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the way this looks <laughs> um, initially. Uh, I think the art obviously is great, um, and, and you know that that's probably like the strongest point. I think that the the take they did on Wolverine, I think, is in the second issue, maybe the third issue too. Um, some. Uh, looks great. Uh, yes. I'm liking that. But, it's his um, classic, like the very first appearance of Wolverine when he had the small ears. Yeah, yeah, he looks. Uh, yeah, I didn't know it was the classic look. It's just yeah. an interesting look. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, he has like the small ears and stuff. Uh, and they haven't really revealed what's happening. It's hard to describe what's going on because he basically Hulk goes off into space. They reveal Tony has built this Iron Man Celestial or is building one right. That we saw from Eternals, right? I think that's the same thing. Yes, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going into space at that yes. point and gets caught in this um, 
it's hard. I don't even know how the words that they used to describe in the book, but gets caught in this. Uh, what do you, what do you even call it? Like it's caught like a, in space, a portal. Maybe? Yeah, like a portal. Yeah, and uh, comes to reveal that there's another Bruce Banner, or that's Doctor Bruce Banner that captured him. So they're they're messing with this. It seems like everything Marvel's messing with this interdimensional, yeah, multiverse, multiple multiverse thing going on. Yep. Um, and then that's kind of where it leaves off is. Uh, uh, on the third issue is him, you know, trying to figure out who is sending him. And in, in, in the the final page of that third issue, have you read the third issue? Yet? Yeah, I'm all caught up. And the third one just came out as we record this. It just came out three days ago. Yeah. So that in the final reveal of that, they reveal that this alternate universe, Bruce Banner, uh, his father is the president. Yes. Um, you might have more. I don't know if his father is somebody in the books like of significance. So um, that actually is his wife's father. So that's his father-in-law father general. In law, I'm sorry. Yeah, father-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Thunderbolt Ross, who you've seen him in the Marvel movies, um, played by William Hurt. He's mm. the guy that didn't want them to sign you know, the deal, the Civil War, and, and um, yeah. he's always trying to hunt them down now. Um, he was in the Black Widow movie. He was talking to her. That's Thunderbolt Ross. And... Also in the comics, he is the Red Hulk. So he spent his whole life uh, okay. hunting down Hulk. Like he hated the Hulk, you know, never wanted anything to do with him. Then he turned himself into a Hulk. And that actually, that Red Hulk storyline is really good. If you ever get a chance to read that, um, I, I was yeah. a big fan of that. And, and I was so, say, yeah, that's, that's where it that's ends. The, that's what's happening in the story to add that additional kind is they are Bruce Banner in this alternate universe is sucking in Hulk's. Yes. From other multiverses and right. trapping them and killing them. Yes. And then I guess that's the reveal that I don't, I wasn't aware of the history there. Uh, but that's the reveal is that the person ultimately behind that is, um, what was Thunderbolt Ross? Yeah. Yeah. Right. General Ross. So, General yeah, that was, um, like I said, that was his wife's, <laughs> that was his wife's dad. And his, there's a whole history you can go down with the Hulk and his wife and she got cancer and then she died and then she came back, oh, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, mm -hmm. the book itself, I think the artwork is the thing that, you know, when they first announced this team, I was like, yo, Ryan Otley, mm -hmm. who he had just done like 80 issues of amazing Spider-Man, which I need to get caught up on, but mm -hmm. you and I both love him on invincible and his whole career had been with invincible and that was all independent. Then he came over to Marvel and did Spider-Man now he's doing Hulk, so he's he's going back and forth between all these big name characters now, and his, I would say, like his biggest strength is gory, bloody violence, and that's what he's doing with Hulk. There's a scene in like the first or second issue where he rips his arm off, just tears off the hand from the arm, and it's just green blood is splurting out everywhere. That's mm -hmm. what I love about Ryan Otley. So. I could not be happier with these issues so far. Like you said, with the storyline, we still don't know what's going on. We're halfway through this six-issue um, arc, so we'll see what happens in the story. But so far, the art has been the main draw for me, and I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's solid. I, I think the concept is, and, the, and this is where I think the multiverse thing is going to, I mean, it might struggle depending on how heavily they lean into this. I think with the comic crowd, you know, you can... You can get pretty convoluted. It's all a mess anyway, right. in, in a way. Right. Um, but I just don't like. I don't like if you put that on screen. Like I don't know how well 
you know, this will this will ultimately translate. Um, but they are leaning heavily into this. Like this seems to be the the big thing they're doing. Uh, I haven't read anything else Marvel like of current, you know, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a little confusing, uh, which I think is always not great for comics uh, in some ways. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting what they're doing. It's it's interesting that they're there seems to be this united front of, you know, across all the, the mediums to, to kind of head this direction. Yeah. Uh, well, from an when something is popular, you know, they want to milk it for all it's worth. We're, we're seeing yeah. that with Spider-Man, you know, the next animated movie is across the Spider-Verse. It's more multi multiverse stuff. We're, we're yeah. going to get it in, uh, you know, Kang and with the Ant-Man movie coming up, we've got another season of Loki coming up. So yeah, Marvel's definitely, all about the multiverse. Even the Doctor Strange movie is called Multiverse of yeah. Madness. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what they're on right now. Another book from Marvel. This is going to be a Marvel week on the Comics Corner. Just this week, first issue of a new She-Hulk book came out. And our boy Fink is the one who first brought this to my attention. I didn't know they were coming out with a new She-Hulk book. But the art is what stood out to me. Again, the artist on the book, just like with Hulk. Um, this new She-Hulk artist, I don't know mm -hmm. how to pronounce it, Rohe, it's R-O-G-E, so apologies if I mispronounce it, but uh, Rohe Antonio is the artist, writer is Rainbow Ro Rowell, and it's the start of a new series. It's a lot of action where She-Hulk is fighting with um, another like big female character, so it's two big females fighting the whole time and then they come to an agreement at the end nothing you know groundbreaking right there but it's just the first issue and seeing it seems like it's setting up a new status quo for she-hulk where she can only afford one suit so she's a lawyer and she's got to have a suit and and before she transforms into the she-hulk she's like hey, hey hold on hold on i got it this is my only suit so i gotta put this over here so it's almost mm -hmm. like peter parker like she's struggling and and she can't afford a suit even the villain's like oh i mean I could spot you a few dollars if you need it, you know, for your due yeah. suit. Um, so that, I want to see what's going on with that. Um, She-Hulk's never been one of my favorite characters, but I like her enough. We're actually yeah. getting a She-Hulk show coming up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you ever, I've never read anything. I've never had an interest in it. Um, There's actually a really good run by Dan Slott, who's one of my favorite writers. Great comic, um, like actually humor, like funny comic mm -hmm. book writer. And he's currently writing Fantastic Four, but his Spider-Man run was was fantastic, no pun intended, and his She-Hulk run was great. So um, if you want to get into She-Hulk, Dan Slott is the place to do it. Hmm. And then finally, rounding up our comic book corner, I want to give a shout out real quick to the Infinity Comics that Marvel is doing on their Unlimited service. To me, it's worth it to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited just for these um, infin infinity comics or infinite comics where it just infinitely scrolls there's no page breaks where you're swiping and there's a, you know there's a beginning and an end to the page it mm -hmm. just it's all one continuous scroll and for for years they've been trying to figure out like what is a way we can make it exclusive to mobile platforms right like make it not just all right these are just pdfs that we're scanning and putting yeah. on to these mm -hmm. platforms I think this is finally the one because they've had motion comics before. They've had different things where it was like taking advantage of 
the the mobile platforms. This Infinity yeah. comic is the first time I've not wanted to read something, you know, on my big iPad. I'm actually reading these on my phone whenever I have a chance, just scrolling. Mm. Mostly when I go they, to um, And is it all original stuff? Or are yes, they all of them are original. made, And they're pumping out a ton of them. Like, it's crazy how many of them. Every time I turn around, there's a new one. But um, the one, the standout one, real quick, is It's Jeff, which is was my favorite comic of last year and it was a an exclusive like you can't buy it in print you can't you know get it anywhere but on this marvel unlimited service and it's all about a land shark named jeff who's getting into some hijinks uh-huh. i highly uh-huh. recommend it's jeff but so marvel unlimited is, there, is uh ten dollars a month for the service is there anything aside from that what sounds like bullshit no nah, no nah, uh, nah. is there anything that's actually good <laughs> now jeff it's Jeff is a highly ranked uh, comic book on everybody's list of best <laughs> comics of the year. So it's not just me, Jeff. There's a pu- bunch of people who love It's Jeff the Land Shark, but there's also some Spider-Man books on there. There's a Lucky the Pizza Dog who was in the Hawkeye show. Um, yeah. There's X-Men books. Like pretty much every character has one. Um, okay, so they so, they are doing like the classic characters because all i'm saying is like it's like hey this is jeff the land shark and this is the pizza dog i'm like what the fuck is this like well you know like i said there's i want to say at least 50 of them so it's not okay. there's no shortage of these infinite comics that you can check yeah. out so there's something for everybody on there but you really should try it's jeff jeff it's it's mm-hmm. i'm gonna get all of our listeners this this segment me. and you saying that feels like something that you just you just want to do this for Rob. No, no, no. It's like. it's <laughs> Jeff. That's how you have to say it too. Whenever you whenever uh-huh. you read the comic, you have to say it's Jeff. Yeah. And Wonder Rob, shout out, Geek So to Speak host and frequent collaborator contributor to our show. Wonder Rob, if you haven't checked out Geek So to Speak, go check them out because Jeff and I are also playing video games on the YouTube page. So check out Geek So to Speak on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. Cool. All right, let's get into our discussions. Now, Jeff, there was some news this week. We don't usually cover news on this show, but when it affects us, we, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So there was some big news in the video game world. You want to tell everybody about that? Um, yeah, I guess we'll just uh what was what was the number that they bought? It was like it was, it was uh, 70 close to a- Billion. No, it was sixty-eight point seven. Which billion? If you ra- no, just round, round up, up. sixty-nine. You know, <laughs> sixty-nine billion dollars. Um, yeah. So Microsoft I- is buying Activision Blizzard. Which I mean, to me, uh, I mean, obviously this is going to take years to clear. Even though the Bethesda purchase went through pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you think about yeah. it, it was like a year or something right. like that, and like it seems like it's completed now. I, th- I think, yeah, um, or very they're talking much about twenty twenty three that this is supposed to complete. Yeah, and I mean, to me, this is like this is, I mean, it, it shifts gaming. I think in a huge way, potentially. I mean, it depends on what Microsoft does. I mean, they could they could get these and do nothing, which would be shocking, right? But yeah. Well, I also, imagine them owning Call of Duty is going to be a major thing, you know. Right. It it was so big that it was on every tech podcast who don't even, you know, normally talk about video games that much. Yeah. But 
all the tech podcasts were talking about it, all the video game podcasts were talking about it, and even a Nintendo podcast that I listened to, yeah. or actually, it's a YouTube channel, so I watch it. But mm-hmm. on that Nintendo podcast, they were like, all right, this didn't have anything to do with Nintendo necessarily, but we're going to talk about this Microsoft deal. And one of the hosts had described it, and I told you this, what if Disney bought Coke? That's the... If you want to like a an yeah. analogy, uh, if you're not into video games, you don't know. I don't know what Activision is. I don't know what that you know means. What yeah. if Disney bought Coke? That's kind of the implications of this deal. Yeah, and I mean, and just you know, because I assume everybody listening to this will will know video games. I mean, it's just it's just insane what Microsoft owns now. And you know, we were talking about um, there's there's a couple things to this that I guess I want to break it down in these couple categories. Number one, it's the games, but I also want to talk about you know. Like, the reason this happened is because of all the sexual assault allegations, you know, that are coming up to that, you know, uh, with Bobby Kotick and all that stuff at Activision Blizzard. And, uh, you know, this feels a little, it does feel a little weird. I hope that there is something that's going to happen there to right the wrongs that are by that company. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, this makes me interested. I think, you know, this is going where this is going, where these games are going, and, and, you know, to be, you know, Phil Spencer seems to be, you know, the Xbox One, I think most people would agree, has been, has, has fell behind since the Xbox One, right? The entire Xbox brand, you right. know, I think is not as desired as, as Sony, I think, just in the general public and all that, right? And, you know, obviously they have, like, the marketing deals with Call of Duty, like, some of the bigger things, you know, will promote their PlayStation platform before Xbox, right? And I, and I think, that going to the hands of Phil Spencer with all of these franchises who has tried to write the ship in the best way, you know, has made a bunch of their games multi-platform uh, in terms of PC and Xbox. So you, anything you can play on Xbox, you can play on PC. He's, you know, taking care of that market. He's, you know, he made backwards compatibility like required on the Xbox. Like they, they're putting a ton of stuff up there. You can play all your games, all that stuff. It seems like he really cares about like, the gaming culture, I guess, in a way, or to make yeah. things better. Um, obviously, this is all profit-driven, but still, you know, like, to do things like that, I think, gets people on your side, you know. Um, I just hope that they have some kind of thing. You know, Jeff Gershman was talking about it this week. I listened to on the Bombcast, and he he mentioned, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we just paid $69 billion for this we're going to set aside 1 billion of this, you know, to deal with all the lawsuits and all oh, that yeah. stuff is how they should probably look at it. You know, it's like, it just, uh, it feels a little dirty in, in that sense, right. To have this company that's, you know, kind of in this, this state of like wanting to be sold or, you know, trying to get it out of this guy's hands. Um, but the cause of that is, you know, the, the terrible stuff that they were doing behind the scenes, you know? Right. But for that guy, and then that guy walks away with $300 million probably, or whatever right. he gets out of this purchase. Um, it kind of feels dirty to me. Um, so I, I'm hoping that that, cause it will be covered, you know, and I'm hoping that they handle that the right way. Um, just because I, I don't, you know, I think the humanity side of that is also important. Um, yeah, I think Microsoft, you know, as a big company, as a corporation, they know they need to save face. They need to not only, you know, just that it's the right thing to do, but also to keep the shareholders happy, to keep the company going. You don't yeah. want egg on your face, you know. So 
I think they are doing a much better job than Activision was previously. So yeah, I, I have everybody was everybody was developing for Call of Duty is what they did too, and I hope with Microsoft behind this now we can bring things back, you mm-hmm. know, um, to what it is. But yes. um, uh, and then to my my second point of that, I mean, just the games that are that come in that purchase. I think you know, I think people, people some people have like like don't really understand like the scope of what's happening there. Um but I mean like if you just look at just some of the names, you know, like if you it's like funny. it's crazy what they own now. Yeah. It is you know, insane. You know, for me and you I think we're looking at the BattleNet launcher all the time. So we're always seeing those properties and those franchises. Yeah. But you're not thinking about I think people have the general public, it's like, oh, it's Call of Duty. Yeah, or, it, I'm, I'm sure people have heard of Warcraft, Overwatch, Candy yeah. Crush, or like I think some people don't like you know they don't understand like you like I think you say Activision Blizzard. I think most people go, oh, Call of Duty, okay, you know, right. like generally. But it's like, dude, they own, and I'm just gonna run down like a little bit of a list here of what Call of Duty owns. This is gonna be skipping a lot, but just just think of the scope of these games. I'll just name four right off the bat here, like Call of Duty, Candy Crush. Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, um, what do we got in here? Uh, Hearthstone, uh, Guitar Hero, uh, Overwatch. Um, what else we got here? Spyro. They own Spyro now, which is crazy. Yeah, I think Spyro well. and Crash were both PlayStation. Yeah, you know, originals. Like when I was growing up, that was like, oh, these are like Sonic for Sega. It's like Crash yeah. and Spyro are the PlayStation mascots, and now they're going to be on xbox right i think we all remember having like the jewel case cd cases of you know those oh, right. spyro and crash uh-huh. games you know 100 like like a, a playstation memory uh, right. but they just name another couple other ones i mean starcraft uh tony hawks pro skater they own that now uh world and then world of warcraft i mean world of warcraft brings in millions of dollars a month off subscriptions alone world mm-hmm. of warcraft is maybe the like I would say it's one of the best games of all time. It's not, and I don't even play it, but like just the longevity that thing has had is insane, you know? And then, you know, not to mention on top of that, I mean, if you, that's just the, what they're going to own from this. I mean, and then you think Halo, Gears, Minecraft. I mean, they own, I mean, the the catalog is crazy. And, and it all seems to be uh, something that they're pushing for Game Pass. Like Game Pass seems to be, Phil Spencer's like Netflix bet, yes. you know, in in this industry, right? That's what saved them because yeah. for us, as you know, me and you, the story for Xbox has been <laughs> their first party titles have not lived up to expectations. Sony has been doing a way better job. Nintendo's even been doing a better job. And the thing that gets us excited, me and you, and even our boy Fink is Game Pass. That's what, when we think about Xbox and Microsoft now, we think about Game Pass. Even Rob, when we talk to yeah. to Rob, it's like, oh, what, what games are out on Game Pass? What's new on Game Pass? So, yeah. I think you got to give them a ton of credit. Game Pass has really saved mm-hmm. them for me, because they were starting to slip, and I've had allegiance to Xbox. You know, like I said, we've yeah. talked about it before on the Halo episode. That's how me and you met, because of Microsoft, because of Xbox. And so yeah. my loyalty has always been strong to them, but it was starting to slip once the Xbox One came, or sorry, the Xbox Series X and S came out, and there wasn't like a killer title. There was no Halo Infinite, and mm-hmm. I was playing everything on PC. Now it's like the Game Pass has really brought it back, and um, 
restores some luster to to their name for me. You know, in in, in a world where, like, if you think of, I sound like a, a movie trailer guy, but <laughs> in, in a world where, like, you know, remember, like, the Xbox was like, you know, remember, like, the the Sony dunk on PlayStation that essentially solidified that that generation where they, you know, everybody got mad at Microsoft on the Xbox One reveal. And then Sony came for out hours always, later. Yeah, for the always, always connected on, internet. Yeah, and like you can't share your games. And Sony right. comes in there and, uh, you know, they just do the video where the guys trade video games in hand. <laughs> and like, hey, that's how you share games on our platform. Right. And then just the kind of the grandstanding that they've done. Um, it's It's been, you know, you've been kind of wondering when this is going to happen. And I thought it was kind of over when they got ZeniMax and they got, you know, also, every game that I just mentioned, throw in, you know, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Quake. You know what I mean? Like, you, they own, it feels like everything almost. Right. But They're doing you know, the I, Disney thing for sure. I, I thought it was done. And this was the thing that, you know, I think everybody kind of speculated, but it's just interesting now that it's happened or it's going to happen, we assume, right? Um, where you're like, okay, Sony's this, you know, $150 billion company, but Microsoft is trillions you yes, know what i mean like they are they are tenfold right. bigger than than sony they are you know worlds bigger than sony and will probably remain that way for the foreseeable future oh yeah um and I, you know i think what a, what a crazy like because you remember uh a few weeks ago before this stuff was going it's like there was the rumors about sony having the game passed or like sony's yeah. working on an equivalent sony's right. coming you're like you're like oh shit you know right that like, was what the are news. they gonna do with that yeah. and you're like yeah you're like oh my god and then for this to come out i mean who would invest in that sony platform at mm -hmm. this point i mean i mean what do they really have and also now that this is in the you know the microsoft microsoft's hands like think about like the big multiplayer games like sony almost has none you know, yeah, I can't, I couldn't tell you one. They're all single think player. Of one. Yeah, yeah. It's Anything crazy. for Sony for me is going to be single player, narrative driven. Uncharted, God of War, Spider Man, Miles Morales. Yeah. All of those games are amazing, but I couldn't tell you. I mean, even before this deal, it was Call of Duty was the only Sony one that I was thinking of. Now they don't have that. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that's just like the marketing side of stuff. And, and you yeah. know, obviously that stuff's going to stay on PlayStation. I mean, Microsoft's. Listen, you know, people like, you know, people love to, to you know, how, how funny is it? Like people were talking about like Microsoft versus Sony when in reality, it's like, guys, Sony's a baby. Sony's a puppy compared mm -hmm. to like what Microsoft is. If we're talking about the whole company. I mean, and right. this shows you it's like Sony cannot come in and drop a third of their entire worth, you know, entire their, their entire market cap to buy us this studio like this. And or in buy cash. It's not, this is not yeah. buying it in stock or in assets. It's like this is. This is just net cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Microsoft. That was the first thing you said to me when we mm -hmm. when we first discussed this. You said, "Wait a minute, how much money does Microsoft have? Like, can they even do that?" And then it's like, "Yeah, this is their net. Like, this is their market cap. This is how much cash they have freed up." And yeah. it was funny. The Activision Blizzard stock went up like twenty twenty five percent that day, and Sony's yeah. stock went down. Now Microsoft yeah. did too, but the whole market was down. So that's a couple percentage. They went, yeah. they went down the market average that day. Right. Whereas, yeah. So you know, it wasn't yeah. a big deal for Microsoft, but for Sony, it was like, all right, everybody's losing confidence in Sony, mm -hmm. but and, we'll see and what just, happens. It's just funny how I think, you know, what the truth was in that whole perception of, of like this, there's all people get caught up in this, like 
this console war and they're like, well, when I play games, I play on this platform. Mm-hmm. And um, when in reality, the argument was like, all right, let's, you know, like clearly Microsoft can stay in this for the long run. Like this can be something they invest in. And I mean, with this happening, I mean, I've never, you know, at one point they were like, oh, you know, should Xbox get out of the, the game with, you know, the Xbox one failure and the red ring of death, you know, they were like, should these guys, you know, stop pursuing this, this platform and, and these, you know, releases or whatever this, this entire, um, I don't know what you call it. Uh, not a genre, but you know, this industry, I guess, right. Like, should they get out of games? And it's like, nah, like they, they're actually expanding and taking over, which is, um, I'm nervous about, but I think, you know, I don't know if you had kept up with that, but like Activision Blizzard had, like a lot of even like the smaller developers they had bought, they had just put them on Call of Duty. Like they were having them help with Call of Duty. Like a lot of these, like they were taking like good little developers and putting them on just the big franchises because that's what they had money for, right? Um, Right. That's all they wanted to, you know, that's all that turns the profit. Um, So I'm hoping, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that Microsoft will do the right thing here and we'll get more more good games rather than just you know churning out a call of duty um and i hope maybe they they take you know call of duty in a different direction i think um because you know they got all the big money makers essentially right mm-hmm. and uh i just i hope maybe they you know can revitalize some of the franchises you know bring back you know bring us more tony hawk pro skater i think everybody yeah. loved that last release including uh, both of us. I think you played mm-hmm. some of it too. I, yes. I love that thing. Uh, you know, I hope they they continue that. on Game Pass. Get, put that on Game Pass. Uh, yeah. Put. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's that's really the argument. And everything I want to discuss here is how this is coming back to Game Pass. And I think you're going to see a, a Netflix like shift in games. And I think it might be Game Pass. Um, yeah. Just because. I mean, like like you said. How many times, like, well, you know, if we were talking to people that don't play games, or your, your kid, your, your friend's got to get their kid a, a console or whatever, or if, you know, just somebody you know, or just any person asks, right? You can, like, the thing I would say is, um, if you want the most bang for your buck, buy an Xbox and get Game Pass, and they'll have a ton of games to play. And, I mean, at this point, once this goes through, and if, I mean, we can only assume Call of Duty or one of these major franchises are coming to the Xbox on Game Pass, if not all of them, right? Right. Um, especially the big ones. Maybe the smaller ones because they need to make money, so they'll sell those individually. But the big ones where they can sell skins and they can sell all that stuff, like I'm assuming Call of Duty is going to be on Game Pass at some point. I mean, it's I feel like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And just that alone, you know, is going to be like or or what if they bundle in you know World of Warcraft like they have a subscription service now what if they bundle that in the game pass i mean you can take in however many millions are buying that currently and just put that right on the game pass you right. know i, I feel like even, that's coming even before that that was my recommendation to people you know if you're looking for something they have game pass and like you said i think it's going to be a shift towards the subscription model the netflix model you don't have to pay 60 dollars and gamble on a game anymore. You don't have to say, oh, okay, I only have $60. What should I buy? Oh, just do Game Pass, and you get all of these games. If you don't like it, you can uninstall it. You don't have to like feel like you yeah. wasted your money. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, it's this is it's just the craziest thing to me. I mean, obviously, 
there's other developers and you know we have our nintendos and stuff but even nintendo is nintendo i think what is the, the nintendo market cap what is the nintendo has the capabilities of i think it's literally almost what they bought this company for so you know what i mean like they they pretty much bought a nintendo mm-hmm. you know which i mean obviously nintendo will probably never sell but i mean it's just it's just crazy how how big of a purchase it is. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's like you know Coke buying Pepsi or right. Um, it's it's hard to come up with other you know, um, you know different comparisons to it. Um, yeah. Oh, and Nintendo's um, for anyone wondering, it's fifty five yeah. billion is their yeah, market so cap. less so less than what they just bought. You know, yeah, uh, which is crazy. But also just um, on a positive note, you know, Microsoft's going to own Geometry Wars again. You know what I mean? They're gonna oh, own it fully. I didn't even know they if, lost. If you didn't that. know, if you didn't know, I mean, because I think every you know it's funny when you think back. Like, uh, I don't want to say our generation, but you know, people that love the 360, like Geometry mm-hmm. Wars, is one of the first things. And like, you know, there is we things that to... are interesting, like Spyro and, and Crash. But it's also interesting in that, like, Geometry Wars to me in my mind is a Microsoft thing because I played it on the 360. Exactly. But but like they're getting that back. You know, not only do they get the other stuff they don't have, and that start off at Sony. They're gonna get these things that I feel like, in my mind, should be on their platforms anyway. Geometry Wars was a system seller. Like that was my joke when that 360 came out. It was like, "This is the killer app. It's Geometry yeah. Wars," and it was a little <laughs> arcade game. Yeah, um, so, but it's yeah, a baller we, game. It is like it, it's a joke, but it's true. I mean, I think yeah, they need to do another one. Loves that. Yeah, yeah, another proper one, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. So we'll continue to talk about that as it progresses. I'm sure we'll mention Game Pass again. Um, mm-hmm. Keeping with our Marvel theme, Jeff, that we had earlier in our comics corner, there was a new trailer that was released this week for the next Disney Plus show coming out in March. It was the first trailer for Moon Knight. Now we had a teaser in that little Disney Plus thing where yeah. they showed his costume, and that was about it. And they this only showed one, the back of it, right, in that teaser. Right. they didn't show his face. Doing the yeah. punch, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is a full-on trailer, and I wanted to get your thoughts as somebody who, you know, I don't think Moon Knight is, is a character that you have a lot of affinity for. It's not one of my favorite characters either, but I have a little bit of history with Moon Knight. So what did you think about this first trailer? Does this get you excited for the show? Yeah, you know, I guess initially my first reaction is like when I when I heard they were doing the show, you know, when they revealed like the upcoming stuff, I was like, I don't even know who this is. I never even <laughs> heard this in my life. You know what I mean? And I have no clue. I don't. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I never even heard of this. Um, you know, after the trailer, um, you know, I, I guess I think the whole trailer looks interesting. You know, Oscar Isaac is obviously like I think you know. He is generally liked, you know, has been, mm-hmm. you know, very good in, in the roles that he's played in yes. Dune and Star Wars and everything. Um, and this trailer looks interesting to me, uh, even though there was no Kid Cudi. You teased me. Uh, I said there was Kid Cudi, but it was just the song. I never um, told you how he appeared. It, I just said Kid yeah. Cudi's in the trailer, Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, you got me hyped <laughs> up for no reason. Um, you know, I think Ladies it looks and gentlemen, good. We got it. <laughs> I think I think it looks good. Um and I think it's interesting that this seems like a bit, a bit almost like a little bit of a horror aspect yes. to this show. Um the way I, I they, find that to be intriguing. Yeah, the um, way they did the the music. Yeah. It definitely felt like it was a supposed to be like a horror movie. Yeah, spookier like you know the yeah. mirror, you know him in the mirror where he sees himself but he keeps moving and the mirror doesn't, you know, this very very creepy vibes yeah. going on here. Um the only thing that throws me off about this 
what is the suit itself and mm-hmm. not not the design of it but the cg looking you know the cg-esque uh of it um it looked a little weird to me yeah um i don't know how you felt about it but that that's like i'm excited for it i think it looks everything looks good except the suit I'm just afraid of a Green Lantern situation. You know oh, what I no, mean? I don't I'm think... always, I always, I'm always in fear of like, if they don't do the suit right, you know. What? I don't think they'll ever get that bad again. <laughs> I think from now on, our CG level is going to be yeah above Green Lantern. But and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's going to be that bad. You can see in the trailer, it's it's not it's not that crazy. But I look at it and there's just I'm like. I, I don't know. It makes me a little nervous when it looks a little too CG heavy. You know what I mean? Well, which one was it when he was jumping or when he's punching that guy? Which which when one he, gave you that? Both. Both. Okay. When he's jumping. The jumping one, not so much. I would say when he's punching and he turns around and reveals himself, mm-hmm. I was very much like, oh, this is almost looks like 100% CGI, right? 100% CG. Yeah. Well, um, I guess which is there a, is like, a shot makes right me before nervous. that. There's a shot where it's coming onto his body. Maybe that actually is what mm-hmm. first gave you that because it's kind of it's um like venom almost like morphing onto his body yeah um and then i think when he turns around that's an actual suit i'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent on that but yeah I, I can see where you would have that um trepidation yeah. i have less confidence after this one than that little tease i was really excited about the costume uh-huh. but this one just lowered my expectations a little bit. Not where it's like, oh, this is going to be terrible, but it wasn't as high as it was. Yeah. And for those, I think for you, Jeff, and then for the people who are listening, if you think about Moon Knight, he's basically the Marvel version of Batman. And he also has uh, what used to be called multiple personality disorder. Now it's called, I think, dissociative identity disorder. Mm -hmm. And so he's got different personalities. And you saw that in this trailer where he starts off with a British accent and then later in the thing he has an American accent and somebody calls him on the phone and calls him by a different name. A razor. A razor. Oh yeah. And that's the other thing is (laughs) what does that mean that he has a razor phone? There's I saw two different reactions online. One reaction was, Oh, how long has he been out of it? Like he's been gone since the razor that was the last time he was like in the world was when the razor came out and then the other take on it i saw was oh no no no. he's just not trying to be tracked and so before smartphones and before every you know every phone had a gps and all this that's i i don't know which direction they're going with that it's just interesting that you see him with a razor specifically yeah so yeah i'm um more excited it's coming out in march and I really want to see what Oscar Isaac does in the Marvel Universe because previously he played Apocalypse in that really bad X Men movie. That was his. Oh other... wow! He he was Apocalypse in that. I yes. didn't know that. And he was just covered in a ton of makeup. You could you He's didn't purple, even know. Right. Yeah, it was either blue or yeah, like bluish purple, but you didn't even know it was him. That was a really waste of his talent because, like you said, everything he's done pretty much people have liked. So yeah. that X-Men movie is probably the lowest thing he's done. Um, they also had a trailer reaction, which I'm going to link in the show notes. I just want to bring it up real quick. It's Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke reacting to the trailer. And this is 100% Marvel trying to get in on the YouTube, like TikTok, 
they're trying to get part of the zeitgeist like oh wait everybody's doing this so let's have our actual actors do this and i i also saw him do it with spider-man that was the first mm-hmm. time i saw it with no way home they had tom holland um jacob i forgot his last name and then um zendaya look at the trailer so yeah. i like seeing celebrities look at themselves and and react when it's interesting i didn't mm-hmm. find anything they said interesting in this yeah. reaction video and it feels a little gross where it's like clearly a major you know a major uh corporation coming in right. like hey what are the kids doing we'll just right. copy it and do it or this is you know influencers it's it's things like you know like youtube being so big mm-hmm. and then like you see how corporate it is now yeah like right. just in terms of like like you know if you go to the top clips on youtube it's like hey here's the tonight show and it's like does the tonight show need youtube you know <laughs> what i mean like is right. that like does it need to be on here like I don't. I don't know if I need like this. Doesn't interest me in in the way, uh, or no, it, it is not not interest me. I'm wrong saying. It just feels a little bit uh, gross. I guess right to me. Well, uh, also, it's, we have an association with YouTube from when we first started, and now it's it's morphing. I think into other things as well, and wherever the ad dollars are, that's where it's going to shift to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just. I just didn't find it interesting. That was overall when I watched it, I was like expecting it to be funny, interesting. Like they say something that we wouldn't know about, like behind the scenes. Uh-huh. But I just didn't care for it. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. So that's in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. And I also wanted to talk real quick, Jeff, before we get into our weekly recommendations about a show that is on ABC right now. It's it's one of my favorite comedies. It's called Abbott Elementary. Now, hmm. this show d- just started. There's only a like network a- comedy? Yes. And the only time I mm. had watched network comedies recently was Blackish. And that's also on ABC, okay. which also just came back for its final season, by the way. So um, mm. if anybody is not a Blackish fan, or if you haven't watched Blackish, you can see all the seasons on Hulu. It's been one of me and my wife's favorite shows as uh, the, ever since I've known her. My entire um, relationship with my wife, we've enjoyed Blackish. But this Abbott Elementary, it's written, created, and starring Quinta Brunson. And if you're not familiar with her, she got kind of famous. She went viral with this He Got Money sketch. And it's okay. The real yeah. title is The Girl Who's Never Been on a Nice Date. And so mm-hmm. the guy's just doing normal stuff like, hey, let me get a large popcorn. And she looks at him, a large popcorn? <laughs> he got money. Yeah. And that's the whole joke. Like, So it's just her going around. I, I linked in, the, in our show notes the entire, like every sketch she did. Mm-hmm. But the way that, and, and I didn't, I had never seen that. Like that went viral and I, I wasn't familiar with that. The way that I first saw her was on another comedy show which i would recommend which is a black girl sketch comedy show which was on um hbo sorry <clears throat> that was a hilarious um comedy show sketch comedy show and they did two seasons i think they're doing another one um on hbo like i said and she was in the first season she doesn't come back for the second season and i think it was because she got this deal and so she's like i said the creator, the star, the writer, the producer, she's doing everything on, on this show. And it's in that documentary office style. Mm-hmm. So it's 
a combination of her sense of humor and her style, as well as the documentary format. And it's set in an elementary school. That's the, where all the comedy comes from. Is everybody's a teacher? The principal's like this crazy. She's actually one of the funniest characters. Is the principal? Um, tr- she's does everything that a principal should not do around these elementary kids. So, oh, and if you're a fan of Everybody Hates Chris, that guy, the kid, that actor, yeah. is also in the show. He starts off as a substitute teacher, but he's part of the main cast. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be a, a, a main teacher at some point. Um, but it's kind of crazy to see him growing up as an adult where you saw him on as a child actor for so long. But yeah. I highly recommend Abbott Elementary. If you're a fan of Quinta Brunson from, like I said, from her YouTube or from a Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show, either one of those, you will enjoy Abbott Elementary. And for you, Jeff, that documentary office style um, and the humor are, are two things that you'll like. So if mm-hmm. you have a chance, you know, we've got a ton of stuff that we're all watching, but Abbott Elementary is is a great show. It's interesting. You know, usually I, it's funny when I, when I mentioned it, I was like, you know, when you said, uh, you know, a, a network comedy. I'm, I haven't, I can't remember the last network show that I watched. It's been a minute, you know. Yeah. They, uh, they're typically not great, let's say. And, I had seen it when I was in Texas visiting my family. I saw an ad for it, and the ad made me laugh. I was like, oh, what is that? And I saw her. I saw her face. Mm-hmm. So I was, that's what made me want to watch it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I usually don't like network comedy shows, but ABC seems to be doing a pretty good job. So that is Abbott Elementary. Nice. All right, let's get into our weekly recommendations, Jeff. Um and I think both of these are going to be comedies, so sticking with the theme, because we don't watch a lot of comedies, Jeff. I know you're a big comedy guy. You know, no, you, love you, to and Aaron are, you and Aaron, are just, <laughs> you guys just want to have a good time, you know. And uh, both of these are great comedies, and they're both on HBO Max. Yeah. So the first one is The Righteous Gemstones came back for season two. You and I both loved season one. Yeah, and I love I, everybody on that show oh yeah entire cast you know, is fantastic there and they were good in vice principals which they yes. also made and i think this is danny mcbride's he has what's the um because they're doing the halloween movies too right like i think they're they have a hand oh, in right, these right. um i can't remember because they use a lot of the same cast and um mm-hmm. uh, yeah that vice principals did you ever watch those did you that's watch the them? only danny mcbride thing i have not watched is vice principals and i don't know why i yeah. fell behind on it and I just mm-hmm. never got caught up, but it's on my HBO list. It's on my yeah. watch list. I got. I gotta say, if you like all the people in Righteous Gemstones, I think you and you and Candy should at oh, some yeah. point go back and watch. It's not that long. There's two seasons. It, it's all one story. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything crazy. Um, it's very similar to this in, in a lot of ways, and it's just them in a school. You know, they're doing like vice principal. They're all principals of the school. Yeah, uh, if, it's, if it's Danny so. McBride humor, then I'm gonna like it. Like that's and, um, and Walton Goggins is yes. in Vice Principals too, and he yes. he really kills it in that show. Um, but anyway, this show, yeah, I um, I uh, I haven't watched all of this. I got a few. I got like halfway through the first, or maybe the couple. Of, when it, whenever Eric Andre shows up, is how far I've gotten so. Oh, far. That's the first episode. Yeah, but I yeah I love the season one of this, and I'm yeah I'm super hyped on this, and and I like. I like everybody involved, even, um, you know, just the, like they have, it's crazy the amount of actors they have in here. Almost mm-hmm. every person I, you know, I know from something else or I've liked them in something else. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. How far are you in? I'm completely caught up. So there's three episodes oh, as up. we record this. Nice. There's three total episodes. The first episode is like a double-sized. It's 50 minutes. The mm. next two are 32 minutes. So it's actually pretty easy to get caught up once you get through that first episode. And it doesn't let up. There's a whole like backstory with John Goodman's character now that yeah. we didn't know about in the first season. So it looks like that's okay. going to be the main plot line. For, for this season is what he did as a kid in Memphis okay. or not a kid, but I guess as a young guy in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So and anything with, you know, the more John Goodman, the better, you know, yeah, my, I don't just in general. I just, yeah, like, I don't know how much longer he's going to be acting or be yeah. around. So yeah, this yeah. is definitely a good, you know, we as get as much as we can while he's still here. Yeah. And for me, I also love all the actors in this, but the the star of the show for me has been um, the sister. Um, I'm looking up her name right now. Edie Patterson, is it? Yeah, and she oh, she in, was in Vice in Principals. Vice Principals. Ah! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you like oh, this, man. she and, and I'm telling you right now. Yes. You think she's funny and she's really funny in here. Oh, yeah. She's really funny in Vice Principals too. Like she does like. Not it's not the same role, but it's like she is she is highly involved in it, and it okay. is she is f so funny in that. I show. gotta move it up. I you know yeah. I think I knew that, but I had just forgotten because here's another thing: it's been so long since season one of Righteous Gemstones. I had forgot yeah. most of the plot lines, most of what happened. So that recap that they showed at the beginning of this season two, I was yeah, like, oh yeah, big. I forgot about all that. Yeah. So right. yeah, definitely. I told you this off, Mike. Righteous Gemstones, to me, right now, is tied with What We Do in the Shadows from my favorite comedy and I think the funniest show on TV. So everything yeah. that they're doing on season two, it's like they didn't miss a beat from yeah. the first season. Um, you know, the only thing that actually I did not like, and I was telling my wife this too, and she agreed with me, is the Adam Devine plot line. I don't know exactly what they're doing with him because the whole thing yeah. is like he has this homoerotic relationship with this uh satan <laughs> former satanist and yeah he's got six, 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 yeah. yeah tattooed on his chest he's got a mullet mm -hmm. and they're carrying over from the first season that like i said that homoerotic thing where it's like it looks like he's gay but he's not he's he's yeah. not saying that he's gay so in this season he's got an entire group of muscle men that and I think they're called the God Squad, and they just go around lifting weights and oh no, we, we just yeah. love Jesus and lifting weights. That's all we do. We eat right, we live clean, and we love God. That's like their whole thing, and it's like that's kind of funny, but I just don't know what is going to be the payoff of that. It's like is that the whole joke? So right, we'll like right, I hope that's not like it's not just surface level. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I, I always loved him in, in Workaholics. He was one of my – and I actually got a chance to see his stand-up, Adam Devine, uh, here in, in uh, Arizona, and it was yeah. great. But in the show, I think his character is, is the least funny. Like he's the, the only one that I don't look forward to when they cut over their plot lines of what's going on with each mm -hmm. sibling. Yeah. So, yeah, Righteous Gemstone Season 2, it's back, um, and it is great. So we're going to continue to watch that. And then also on HBO Max, Peacemaker, Jeff, which is yeah. the continuation. Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember because I've talked about it with other people, but I can't remember. Did we talk about this last week? 
I think we did talk about it last week. I think we okay. should just continue. Everybody should know what this is at this point, or if not, go listen to it last week or whatever it was two weeks ago when the three episodes came out. Yeah, um, so this but, is now on episode four, or I guess episode five is going to be the next episode, and there's eight total. Yeah, or was it two episodes I think they put yeah, out? Yeah, they did two at first, and then yeah. they, they're dropping one each each week. Yeah, But it's, Peacemaker, I'm almost in tears laughing when i'm seeing these shows yeah. the, mm-hmm. the james this is like the most james gunn thing yeah. out there right now it's like and he's actually doing another movie right now so you and i are both big james gunn fans but the writing in this show is so good like it's so sharp i can't like think of what would have been a better version of this any of john cena's interactions with the old neighbor guy <laughs> makes me laugh so hard he called him uh what was that doll he called him a dog um oh, it's man. the dog with the wrinkly face um it's like um a not like a bull dog connections there And I was him heavily, and it's very much like this movie version. It seems like James Gunn. Peacemaker is a character which, actually, if you want to hear, here. A history of just because James Gunn's writing them. Um, yeah, and I was gonna say that he, uh, the dog is uh, Sharpe. So oh yeah, like, yeah. He calls him a Sharpe face right. fuck or whatever. Right. <laughs> just Google that kind of dog. S H A R P E I. It's just a wrinkly, wrinkly dog. And uh, yeah, man, it made me. <laughs> the comedy here is like top notch. And I, oh yeah, you know, with the whole, um, I guess spoilers, um, but the whole butterfly like. Uh, storyline to me is interesting you know like of yes. it being you know a widespread thing and like you know um you're caught up right i think you said you're yes uh-huh. the, the last episode ends on a cliffhanger yeah and then and also like you know like there's a point in that last episode too where like you know they show like suspected butterflies they probably show this everywhere else and they kind of like zooms out onto like a world map and it's like right. everywhere you know so right. it's like the uh the concept of the thing they're doing in here not only is it funny but i think that's the thing about um the james gunn stuff the movies and the shows like number one it's really funny and he's like the writing is great i think and then on top of that like the like it doesn't feel like he's sacrificing like a story though you know like like right the thing they're doing while all this funny stuff is happening is also interesting to me um you know you talk about like on gemstones when they cut away to like you know when they go to adam divine's you know storyline you might feel a little less interested in it or like, you know, and that happens with a ton of stuff, you know, there's the side plots, you know, that are happening or interesting and the James Gunn stuff doesn't feel like that. Um, and the right. show is right there. Like I am interested in the show from start to finish. Everything that's happening is, is interesting to me, you know, and yeah, there's no, there's no like filler. There's no lulls in it, especially it's only being eight episodes. Yeah. So I'm really happy. And it, you know, 
from all the interviews that I've watched with James Gunn, it looks like he's he wants to do another season. Like he loves John Cena and he loves writing this character. So yeah. Also, this show really kind of redeems him as a character. So you actually care about Peacemaker in the movie at the end, him killing Rick Flag. That kind of soured me a little bit on Peacemaker. Like the whole movie, I was laughing with him, enjoying his character. And yeah. then at the end, it was like, oh, man, why would he do that to make me not like him at the end? But right. I feel like this show has really turned it back to what I liked about him in the in the movie itself. So, yeah, just if you liked The Suicide Squad, you will love Peacemaker. I've been recommending it to people at work and everybody that I can think of. Peacemaker is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite shows right now. Like if. If I know that there's a new episode out, I put that to the top of the list over everything else. Yeah, it's it's and it's again just a a testament to how strong HBO Max is, you know. Like if there's something that I hear about like hey, this is coming to HBO Max, like I'm like okay, like the odds of this being good are high, you know, or or higher than let's say like uh like a Hulu show. You right. Know, that's just there's a ton of different things that go into that, but I'm just like, okay, you know, HBO, I know the production quality is going to be a certain level more than likely. And um I just like whoever whoever's you know over there pulling the strings on whatever franchises, you know, that they're right. they're doing and and you know, giving the green lights to these shows are are doing a good job because I've liked so much of their stuff and that only yeah. you know, them having like two of the funniest things I think you can watch right now, it just, you know, shows that. Right. And that's even going back to just HBO, before it was HBO Max, you and I, when we heard, oh, it's an HBO show, we yeah. know it's going to be quality. Yeah. And they've just continued that with HBO Max. That's one of the top streaming ones that I look at. You know, there's so many streaming services. I put HBO Max up to the top, even before Netflix. Like, that's the first one I go to if I'm like, oh, there's nothing on. What what am I going to watch right now? I go to HBO Max and see what's new this yeah. week. So, yeah, 100%. HBO Max is gets another recommendation from Jeff W and myself. All right. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. There's just so much stuff to talk about, Jeff. We'll we'll come back next week and I think discuss Yellow Jackets and Station 11, which are maybe two some, maybe some Boba Fett, you know, there's yes. some interesting things happening in Boba Fett and uh there's a ton I want to talk about with that, but we'll get to that, you know. Yeah, and there's Actually, a lot that I also want to talk about. And that one is only seven episodes, so we're getting to the end of the season yep. here pretty quickly. But we'd like to thank you for listening to Seasons Change. You can always rate us on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. Uh, leave us a rating over there. That helps us out on the Spotify page as well as our Anchor page. If you go to anchor.fm slash Seasons Change, there's a little message button. You can leave us a voicemail right there. Um, also a link in the show notes and we will play that voicemail on the show. Um, our Twitter handle is at seasons underscore podcast. We're, we have actually a new Instagram account as well, but we're going to be putting some stuff over there on Instagram. Um, and like I said, it always helps us out. If you let your friends know that you're listening to seasons change and spread the word, our boy Shoff can be found over on Fiverr and on Geek, so to speak. Great podcast that Wonder Rob is on as well. And myself, I have a comic book 
segment on Geek, so to speak. Like I said, this week I talked about the Peacemaker history of the characters, so check that out. And always, we want to thank you for listening. Jeff, I think I hear some little some little Peacemakers in the background making some noise. You know what that sound is? No. It's the sound of the seasons changing. Shut the fuck up. And Shoff's here too.